Hello, and welcome back to the daily study of the way of mastery. I'm Jason Amoroso, your guide and friend, and today we continue with Lesson 7, Birthing the Mind of Christ, the opening section one, and we're going to start at paragraph six. How many journeys have there been? How many moments of experience passed under the bridge of your beingness before you first began to reawaken to the truth that is true always? How many lifetimes, how many worlds, before a light began to dawn so imperceptibly at first that it was not recognized, and a tiny voice whispered from a place that seemed so far removed from where you dwelt, Beloved son, you are with me now. You remain as I have created you to be. Therefore, be at peace. You are loved. Beautiful. I mean, do we need anything else? So awesome. And Jeshua is speaking here to the thousands, if not more, uh, lifetimes, incarnations, experiences that we've had of the illusion of separation. How many journeys have there been? When we bought into the, and we're going to come back to this, the tiny mad idea of separation, Jeshua actually uses this phrase in union coming up in a paragraph or two. But in Course of Miracles, it's the tiny mad idea of separation. How many journeys have there been? How many moments of experience passed under the bridge of your beingness? before you first began to reawaken to the truth that is true always, not just some of the time, not just when you are uh, behaving or being a good boy or girl or doing the right thing. The truth is true always. Jeshua asked, how many lifetimes, how many worlds before a light began to dawn? And it doesn't matter. That's the whole thing. It's like, let go. If there's been a million lifetimes, who cares? In eternity, it doesn't matter. It's a blip, it's a blink of an eye. So he's saying this more just to give us some context, I think. And we're here, we're reading this, we're studying, we're committed. How many lifetimes? How many worlds? That's kind of cool for the imagination. How many worlds before a light began to dawn so imperceptibly at first that it was not recognized? We couldn't even recognize the light within because we had hidden ourselves from it. I mean, it's always there. It's like the sun. It's always there burning brightly. It's just our awareness of it, our experience of it seems like it's barely there, that it's imperceptible because we're looking We're not interested. We're looking at other places. And then a tiny voice whispered from a place that seemed so far removed from where you dwelt. No matter how alone you feel, no matter how much despair you feel, no matter how much hopelessness you feel, you cannot, I'm going to use a double negative, you cannot not be what you are. Water is wet. It can't not be wet. It has to be wet because it's what it is. It's its nature. You, your nature, the essence of what you are is divine. 
And I think it's in um, A Course in Miracles where Jeshua talks talks about the ego. So the still small voice of the Holy Spirit versus the the raucous, raucous, loud shrieking of the ego. And that's how it feels so much when we're in the thinking of separation, when we're in our intellect and our limited sense of self and fear and the belief in separation. It's so loud. It's so fearful. It's so, it can be so convincing at times because it's so loud. Oh, you know, you see these people that shout on TV or on Instagram or social media and like the louder they are, sometimes the more credibility they seem to have. Oh, look how, con- or the more convicted they are. Oh, they must be right. Look how convicted they are. They're so loud. And But usually like it doesn't have to be loud. The still small voice is loving and it's just always there. And it seems like a whisper when we're distracted, when we're choosing distraction, when we're choosing not to listen to it, when we don't want to pay attention to it. Why is it? It's not that it's whispering to us. It's always there communicating with us. It's just not we're not really ready to hear it. We're listening to this really loud music. If you're listening to really loud music and then all of a sudden some very soft music is playing. You got to adjust to that. But the more and more you start to listen to the still small voice of love in that seems so far away sometimes from where you're like seemed so far removed from where you dwelt. Because where you are dwelling is so obsessed and focused on outside, on separation, on lack, on unworthiness and trying to fill that and feel differently and feel at peace by changing the outside, by running away from yourself, by buying into the belief that you need more makeup or a bigger house or a fancier car or a different title or the perfect partner to feel good about yourself, and then I'll feel good. And we've seen countless individuals and beings follow that path And it leads to nowhere because it's based in falsehood. It's based in something that's not true. It's based in illusion. It seems, the still small voice seems so far from where you're dwelling sometimes. But through our willingness, through our commitment to love, to waking up to more of what we are, through this calling that we are feeling called to, that our our own soul is putting it out. It's not like we've left and God's like, hey, come back. I miss you. That's not really what's happening. It's our own soul. It's like, hey, I'm ready. Let's go. This other game, not very fun to be in, not in the light and in the love and in the joy. It's not as much fun. Feeling like a victim? Eh, not that much fun. Believing that I'm separate, that I got to compete for resources to survive, be in survival mode, both physically, emotionally, not that much fun. Feeling like I'm at the mercy of life. Not that much fun that I got to strive and effort and sacrifice myself and my soul to try and get what I want, probably at the expense of others. Not that much fun. So which playground do you want to play in? The still small voice is always there. And the more we choose to listen, the more we choose to get still inside and ignore that loud, raucous, shrieking voice, 
And the more we rest in the stillness, and our breath is a beautiful tool for that, actually, the the louder that voice seems to get, we can hear it more clearly, I guess is a better way to say we hear it more clearly when we're still. It's always there. It doesn't need to shout to get our attention. Once we focus on it, we hear it very clearly. And the voice is saying, Jeshua is here, beloved son, you're with me now. Always. Even if it seems like you're not, you are. You remain as I have created you to be. Think about Jesus. Think about Jeshua. How, when he meditated, when he would hear this message, how would he feel inside? So connected, so loved, so, I don't even want to say safe because that implies that there's an, like there's an, an unsafety, a threat. Which, of course, we know in A Course in Miracles, the very first line is, nothing real can be threatened. So it's not even like, oh, I feel safe. It's just a, a, an isness, a peace, a knowing. You remain as I have created you to be. When you take your mind that's been distracted by all of these things and thoughts of separation and lack and not enough and unworthiness, and look how it's created look what you've created in your life around that and you bring it back to your heart and connection and love and oneness you remain as i have created you to be you are a powerful creator a powerful loving creator therefore be at peace you are loved there's nothing in the way of you experiencing peace right now truly No situation in your life needs to be different, and you don't actually need to be different. We judge ourselves, I should be different. I should be better. I should be more loving. I should be a different way than I am. What if there are no problems with who you are right now? Can you be at peace with yourself? Can you at peace can you be at peace that you're scared? Can you be at peace that you're grumpy? Can you be at peace that maybe you don't like being around other people right now? Can you be at peace that you're frustrated? Can you be at peace that it's so good and it's allowed to be so good? Pretend when you meditate, I'm big on it. Pretend that you're someone who's completely at peace with themselves and feel what that feels like in in your body. And breathe that in and be that. You can be whatever you choose to be. And Jeshua says, the voice seemed so far away, so faint, that surely it could not be your own. Surely it was just a moment's fantasy. Now, it seems so important here. The voice seemed so far away, but it wasn't. It was closer than your breathing, nearer than your hands and feet. It seems so far away because we've been so focused on out there that in here seems so far away. Think about that for yourself. Where have you been so focused, so striving, efforting, focused on out there, changing the world, changing other people, changing yourself, that in here seems so far away? But it's always here and it's easy. It's accessible. It's not like you have to do 10 years of personal development work to access this place because it's inside of you. It is you. It's just a willingness. And if you're listening to this, you're you're doing it. 
And maybe a little more consistency would support you in that. Maybe creating a habit or routine where you sit down, you carve out a time because it's important to you, and you sit down and you read the way of mastery every day. Whereas you're trying to make time for it, or it would be a nice practice to have, but some days, ah, the kids this, or in the morning, my routine got messed up. Like, what if you just committed to it and were consistent with it? What what could be different in your life? Because you know how you feel when you read the way of mastery. You know how you feel when you meditate in the love of the way of mastery. So what 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 is possible for your life? If you resided in that energy, in that way of being more, and you know it's going to get better, you know in your heart everything would get better. Your peace inside of yourself, your relationship with yourself, your belief in yourself, your experience of life would be more trusting, more supportive, more empowering, more creative. Your experience and relationship with others, your partner would be more loving. Your kids would be more patient, more encouraging. Your business partners, your colleagues, you would relate to your work differently. You would relate to money differently, more abundant, more trusting, more in the flow. And yet you resist being consistent. Discipline is self-love. So this may, maybe this right here is a challenge for you. If this if if this is resonating with you, or are you getting triggered by it? Well, I can't do it because of this, 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 or my life's so unpredictable because of this, this, this. That's fine. You can stay there as long as you want, and you can make a different choice at any moment to make a new commitment. Make a so make a commitment for a week. I think you could do it for a week instead of ah, I got to commit forever. Make a commitment for a week. Make a commitment for three days. Get some kind of consistency. Just get a little momentum, a streak going. The voice seems so far away, so faint that surely it could not be your own. So don't 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 you realize this is what Jeshua is saying? If you're looking at your text, Jeshua says, the voice says, beloved son, you are with me now. You remain as I have created you to be. Therefore, be at peace. You are loved. We we are so conditioned to attribute this to God. Oh, this is the voice of God. This is the voice of love. But it's still a voice that we are hearing. It's still that and us. There's still a separation. But Jesh saying the voice is your own voice. <gasps> Blasphemy. Are you God? Am I God? I'm not God. I'm a part of God. I'm not God. Hmm, Interesting. Maybe we've just planted a seed that maybe you are God experiencing itself as God. Whoa. Maybe you are infinite, powerful love choosing to experience itself in a limited, finite way, either out of fear or out of the game of it. Who knows? But wouldn't that be a trip? It's your own voice. Maybe what we attribute to the voice of Jeshua or God or the universe or a saint or a sage or a loved one is our own voice. Maybe there is only one voice. Interesting. What if we sat with that? What if there is one voice expressed as many, one voice? Jeshua says, surely it was just a moment's fantasy, that time where we doubt ourselves. Surely this voice 
I'm just either making it up or, yeah, it's it, it's nice. It sounds nice. Yeah, I'm with you. You remain as I created you to be. You're at peace. You're loved. It sounds nice. It feels good for a moment. But ah, I can't trust it. I can't rely on that. Hmm. That's where we start out. First, we don't even hear it. Then we hear it. And we're like, ooh, that sounds nice. But I can't trust it. And then we're like, well, what if I did trust it? Either we hit rock bottom. We're like, I don't have a choice. I've got to trust it. Or we're like, well, what if I did lean in and trust it a little more? What if I listened a little bit more? Hmm, I wonder what's what's possible. I wonder wonder what that could lead to. So it's like a curiosity. Meanwhile, our heart is just leading this show the whole time. And Jeshua continues, in the midst of some journey, you paused. And as a raindrop fell upon a leaf and your eyes looked upon that experience, you felt and knew that you were one with the leaf and the raindrop and that indeed you were those things. How many moments of experience passed by before these kinds of qualities began to emerge in your consciousness as what seemed at first to be tiny mad ideas? Thoughts such as, my God, I just felt myself to be one with all of creation. Well, better not tell anybody about that. And off you went. Jeshua always having fun with us. In the midst of one of our journeys, of one of our life experiences, of one of our incarnations and separation, seeming separation, Jeshua says we experienced something in our heart we couldn't deny. It was a feeling you felt and knew it. That's in the heart, not in the head. He didn't say you think about it. He didn't say you see the raindrop fall on the leaf and you had it. you were thinking about being one with. It was a feeling. It was a quality of connection, undeniable. And then maybe our brain took over and was like, that makes no sense. What are you talking about? Don't tell everybody that. That makes no sense. We need to make sense. We need others to understand. It needs to make sense. It needs to be safe. It needs to be logical. So I better not tell anybody about what I just felt and intuited and knew for a moment. Let me bottle that up. Let me kind of push it aside as a random, as a one-off, as a woo, as not trustworthy. Just like it's random. Not real. What's real is all this other crap that I that I'm miserable about because <laughs> everybody else is validating it, too. Everybody else is miserable. Everybody else is confirming. Right. It must be true if everybody else believes in lack that there's only a scarce amount of money and resources on the planet and we're all fighting for the same thing. Everybody else is buying into that. So I don't want to be the crazy one who's not living in that. Because if that then that's dangerous, then they're going to be like, who is this crazy person? Get him out of here then I become the dangerous one. It was an undeniable moment of experience that you felt and knew that you were one with the leaf and the raindrop. Maybe you, ah, you know what, if you're listening to this, you've had that experience at some level in this lifetime, you have. Otherwise you wouldn't be drawn to this work of the way of mastery. So you, you felt it on some level, even if a part of you is denying it or resisting it or calling it a fluke or you know, random. You have had that experience of feeling one with something outside of yourself and that you were those things. How many moments of experience passed before these kinds of qualities began to emerge in your consciousness as what seemed at first to be tiny mad ideas? So Jeshua kind of flipping 
in A Course in Miracles, he calls the ego, the belief in separation, the thought of separation, a tiny mad idea. It's impossible. But now he's kind of flipping it. For those who haven't read uh, A Course in Miracles, now he's using it as like, it, it seems like, that's so funny. I see what he's doing. It seems like a tiny mad idea to the ego. Oneness seems like a tiny mad idea. In truth, the ego is the tiny mad idea. Ah, I got it. That's hilarious. It seems like a tiny mad idea to the ego of oneness that you could be one with a tree or the leaf or a bird with a rock with anything in existence that you are one with it. My God, I just felt myself be one with all of creation. Well, better not tell anybody about that. That's a tiny mad idea. I get it. Joshua, you're freaking hilarious. And where do we do that? Where do we set? And you know what? I think I think there's a, an, an agenda by the collective ego, by the collective thought of separation, by the collective fear to keep us separated, to keep us so preoccupied in differences that we are distracted by differences. And it's celebrated the differences so that it like almost seems worthy and good and loving and kind to be distracted and celebrate the differences when it's all a smokescreen. It's all a smokescreen. Race, gender, socioeconomic, the amount of money you have, education, whatever it is, belief systems, rights, and it's all a smokescreen. It's all perpetuating separation. When at our essence, it is undeniable when we are in our humanity, in our heart, it is undeniable we are the same. How do I know this? And Mr. Rogers, there's a great quote by Mr. Rogers. When something tragic happens, when some big calamity happens, look around, there's always people helping. There is a common humanity. 9-11 happened. People rushed to the aid of people who were impacted by 9-11. Any big, you know, uh, Hurricane Katrina, people rush to support and help those in need, regardless of race or gender or amount of money or belief systems, we rush in to help because heart recognizes heart. That's how I know that we are all the same. We all bleed red. It doesn't matter what we look like on the outside. It doesn't even matter what we think like. We are all, because those thinking, those preferences, those personalities, they're all different. But the essence of us, the soul of us is one. It's the same. But yet there is so much perpetuating this distinctions and differences and distracting us in the separation. When the when If we were honest and we got to the core of what we all are, we are all the same essence. We are all love, expressed in different ways. Go to Baskin Robbins. There's 31 flavors of ice cream. It's all ice cream. And each flavor has its own place. But it's still ice cream. It's still the same stuff. And some people love Rocky Road and some people love pistachio and some people don't like Rocky Road and don't like pistachio. It doesn't make a pistachio any less ice cream than Rocky Road. It doesn't make it any better because you – because 100 people like Rocky Road and one person likes pistachio. It doesn't make Rocky Road better. It's, it's preference. But it's all the same stuff. We – this – there is such – yes, let us return to the truth. Can we return to the truth? Because the truth is true always. As my dog barks and the garbage 
garbage people pick up the recycling in the garbage. That is God too. I'm one with the recycling people and the truck and the dog and the whole situation. It's one. It's all love being expressed. That that's the tiny mad idea of separation. It's impossible. And yet to the tiny mad idea of separation, unity is a tiny mad idea. And just ask in your heart, which one is more true for you? Which one is feels more aligned and resonates inside of you? But don't tell anybody that I just felt myself to be one with all of creation and I feel you to be one with me and I'm seeing the love, the divine essence between all in all things. That's a dangerous idea in the world. That's crazy. And off you went until, until at some point you decided to stay in the game and not go off and not cave in or just kind of go along with what the majority is doing. But you stayed true to your heart and your knowing and you resided more in that energy and you spoke more from that place. Ooh, and then everything shifted. We're going to complete here for now. This is the, we just completed paragraph eight. So we did six, seven, and eight of lesson seven, birthing the mind of Christ, the introduction section. And I'm so honored to be on this journey with you. So grateful, so much fun, loving this commitment, loving this daily practice. And if you get value from this episode, if something I said or Jeshua said or something that Either one of us said that then triggered an idea inside of you and you thought of someone. Send this episode to that person. Be of service. Don't let your fear or your thinking or your your fear of like, ah, they're going to think I'm crazy. That's what this whole episode is all about. Be willing to be like, they might think I'm crazy and that's okay. My love is bigger than my fear of what they're going to think about me or if they'll even receive it or not. Who knows? It's not your job to make them receive it. Just share it. Share from the heart. If they are ready, they'll they'll take it. And if they're not ready, they won't. And that's okay. And if you can give us a good review and write a few kind words in the review, again, because when people read reviews, if there's something that someone said, it's always better than just seeing a bunch of five stars without any reasons why. That's nice. But write, write one or two sentences or something about why this is impactful and meaningful to you. And it'll serve somebody else to see that. Send me an email, hello at revelationbreathwork.com. I'd love to hear from you. I'm sitting in my home office here in Asheville, North Carolina. This is how I love spending my morning. And let's connect. Let's just be in this together. Shout out to Annie. Annie took a few minutes to send me an email and just say, hey, and that this podcast is, you know, helping her digest. It's just like a, a third study guide with her and her partner. So, yeah, it's just another way to stay in the energy of the way of mastery. And as always, it's about you applying it to your own life. And then you could share that with somebody else. Love you guys. Have an amazing day. And we'll see you tomorrow.